if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Hello and welcome to the show, my name is Oodles, and in truth, I am but a humble man with wisdom to impart. Joining me today, he once held the world title in the PDC Darts League, it's Biggie. (laughs) Hello. It's a true story. This lady wasn't born of a woman, she simply arose out of a giant clam, fully grown off the coast of Western Supermare, it's Candy. Again, also true. Hello. True, true story, true story. And finally, this man was known throughout history as Grigory Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine himself. To us, he's called Gadget. Rosvedania. <laughs> That's a Russian... The only Russian word I know. I don't even know what it means. I think it means goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, Stig can't join us this evening. He's been tried at The Hague for war crimes. True Story. On this episode, I didn't expect that. No, I can't. I mean, things is done. God, (sighs) if you knew what we knew. (laughs) Yes, but on this episode, we'll review our week in the Nexus. Discuss movies based on actual events in the main topic. We'll discuss the future of this very podcast later on as well. Then we'll enter the green room, locked behind a paywall for patrons. But before all that. It's Biggie's breaking news. You may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's breaking news. Biggie's news, all in my brain. Lady things, they don't seem the same. <laughs> Acting funny, and I don't know why. Excuse me while Sony kisses Xbox ass. Sorry. Sorry, listener. I'm so sorry. EA Sports. I've released a statement earlier this week confirming that it's exploring stability issues in the soccer sim introduced in the recent title update. The solution? Reduce your PS5 friends list to 100 or less friends and relaunch the game. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. As if people have more friends than that. I know, but still, what a weird thing to come out with. But yeah. Just, so that, that's what, their current uh, what, workaround. Which, so- which soccer sim? Which soccer sim? FIFA. There is FIFA. only one. FIFA 23, wouldn't it? Yes. So what's it doing? What's it doing? Sorry, just repeat that again. What's it, what's it actually doing if you don't do that? Um, thanks for bringing that up because I'll have to go and look. So is the game um, not working if you've got too yeah. many mates? That doesn't it's make apparently... any sense whatsoever. I know. That's why I thought it was so weird. I just wasn't expecting the question. Um, what if these friends have not played FIFA or own FIFA? How can that affect a game? Let's see if I can find it. I'm furious. I need to know. <laughs> this will affect your week coming forward, Oodles. I just don't like to be harmed as a gamer. <laughs> By games. <laughs> By games. Uh, where is it? It's gone. Unless they pulled the news article. 
That means it's not news anymore. I can't find it. I'll take your word for it, sir. As as the news anchor on this show, I'll take your word for it that I will be harmed unless I do this. Everything is 100% true unless I make it up. Okay. Next. Can't find it. (laughs) Never happened. Uh, Next up. Uh, Apparently you cannot pet the dog in The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And fans are not happy about it. One fan said, we waited six years, and for what? Opinioned one commentator. Another responded, that's it, I'm not buying. <laughs> this is the tears part, said another, which just so happens to be the official Specsavers Twitter account. If you pet it, it would run out of durability and be broken, added another fan. Okay. Uh, you played it, haven't you? Yeah. Doodles. Yeah. Can you pet the dog? You can do more than pet the dog. I mean, <laughs> information I didn't need. <laughs> you couldn't pet the dog in uh, Breath of the Wild, so no. You can, you can, you can lead the dog into something. In fact, I'll, we'll discuss that later. Trust me. Okay. The producer also recently hinted that a Zelda game uh, with a playable Zelda may become a reality. That's already been a thing. It was on the CDI, mm. and it was shit. <laughs> it's also Hyrule Warriors Two. You can play as Zelda. Well, there you go. Come on, news! News! Steve Gaynor, the controversial co-founder of Gone Home and Tacoma developer Fulbright, uh, is now going it alone, uh, under the Fulbright name, following accusations of a toxic workplace behaviour in August 21. Gaynor hit the headlines after an exodus of 15 Fulbright staff was blamed on his behaviour towards fellow workers. An investigation by Polygon claimed that Gaynor was controlling and that staff, particularly women, frequently felt undermined and demeaning. Uh, demeaned, disparaged, and discredited. Soon after, uh, Gaynor publicly acknowledged that his leadership style was hurtful to people that worked at Fulbright and announced he'd be stepping back. A separate statement for Fulbright confirmed that he'd be vacating his role as studio's creative lead and manager. So he's stepped down from his role, but then taken the studio name elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, and probably will continue to get credit for that. And he will continue to be a piece of shit, because people like this don't change. I like Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's a good game. I like Gone Home. Oh, I didn't like Gone Home. Didn't like him, though. No, no. <laughs> Sounds of things. I've gone to start a new, a new company where I can touch all the women I want to touch. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's more of a step terrible. sideways than a step, step down. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting financing yeah. from Andrew Tate. The alpha male himself. <laughs> yeah, he'll be HR, ain't he? <laughs> oh, God, imagine that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Next. Moving on from that in the world of film and TV, Noah Hawley's Alien series has made its first big casting and added Sidney Chandler. As per Variety, Chandler will lead the FX show, which will enter production once Hawley has finished up with the uh, current season of Fargo, which is the fifth season, I believe. Mm. Uh, China is yep. best known for her work on Danny Boyle's Sex Pistols miniseries, Pistol. Oh, you saw that, didn't you, Candy? I did. I enjoyed it. I loved it as well. Um, she's good. She's really good. Yeah, she's next set to appear in the Colin Farrell-led sci-fi series, Sugar, for Apple TV. Mm, Apple TV getting that sci-fi on, aren't they? I'm enjoying all the sci-fi that's coming out at the minute. Mm. Mm. I guess it warrants some uh, hope for the Alien series, I guess. Well, maybe yeah, I mean, this is the only way he's up, really, isn't it? Yeah. 
after Covenant, the only way is that they can't possibly produce a product worse than Covenant. <laughs> no, they can't. No. I'm not throwing down the gauntlet for them to take that challenge, but... Just... I mean, I mean the thing is, the, the Alien franchise hasn't had its Predators yet. No, that is true. That is true. Like, Covenant was bad, but it wasn't, like, offensively bad. It was just shit. Oh, it was kind of bordering on yeah. offensively bad. Okay, yeah, it was, but... That's mostly because it had Danny McBride in it. But... Covenant's <laughs> not as bad as uh, Prometheus. True. And neither of them are as bad as Predators, is what I'm saying. And neither of them are as bad as Alien Resurrection. People like that film for some reason. I don't. I think it's bad. Agreed. Yeah. Gadget's being quiet because he likes it. I like the underwater <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, ten minutes. That the was the only good bit. I yeah. totally agree. And Sigourney Weaver yes. do, do, doing that dunk from over our shoulder with the basket. Yeah, but in one try, wasn't it? Apparently, yeah. It was, as, it, was, as, it, was, as, it was first first try, and if you look carefully, you can just about see Ron Perlman breaking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I imagine um, Sigourney Weaver being good at basketball, though. I can just see it, just as, as just as one of them skills she didn't realize she had, and she's got it. Yeah. Get away from my basket, you bitch! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Next. It's going to be all night, this gadget. It's, it's going to be, be all it? night. Mm. Uh, Nicholas Cage returns for Lords of War. The 59-year-old actor is set to return in his role as gunrunner Yerl Olov in the sequel to the 2005 film Lord of War. Y- it's a Yuri, Yuri, not Yuri. Oh, Yuri, yeah. Yerl. <laughs> Sorry, my eyesight. Andrew Nichol will once again direct. Um, and... It will feature the world's most notorious gunrunner discovers that he has a son called Anton who isn't trying to right his father's wrongs but top them instead. The weird thing about this is the original is based on true story. Yeah, it is. The sequel cannot be based on true story for real life reasons. Yes. (laughs) So this is just complete fabrication because Lords of War is a good, good film. Didn't the guy that Lord of War was based on yeah. It, it, it was a different name. A different name, but he basically he had the standard Russian resignation, which is jumping out of a window. Oh dear. Jumping out of a window. Also, he, he basically funded any paramilitary activities in Africa, Europe. He basically gave... Chechnya, Afri- I think, if I remember right. Chechnya. He just gave all the guns to everyone. <laughs> because how he saw it was, if I give guns to everyone, I'm always going to have a job because it's always going to be war. Yeah. And he's not biased. But I don't think he's he's biased for money, mate, and profit. Yes, but he's not biased for who he gives guns to. Politically. That's true. I'm on the fence. I I really like Lord of War, so I'll be interested to see how they top it with this one, especially the idea of... I mean, I like the idea of Bill Skarsgård playing his son, but also the fact that his son is trying to outdo him, because it's pretty hard to outdo Yuri Orlov. I know know Orlov's Ukrainian, and if he was alive today, the character based on him... Apparently, half of the ammunition that he used is helping Ukraine fight off the Reds at the moment. So maybe, maybe it did help. Who knows? <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe they'll touch on that as well. It's, it, I've read the book that's that's based on the real events rather than the film as well, and it, the real events are actually crazier than the film, and the film's fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't remember much about the film, but. Oh, it's insane. It's a great film. Mm. It's one of my favourite Nick Cage roles. And it's got Jared Leto in it, and he's not terrible. 
Not terrible. One of his final good roles. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> that, that, that was pre the Oscar Krakening, wasn't it? Well, all he had to do was play a Ukrainian-American cokehead. He did it really well. <laughs> he did it really well. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, good film. If you've not watched it, watch it. It's on Netflix, I think, still. It's always been on up and down on Netflix, that one. Get it watched. Next. Disney is set to purge content from streaming platforms such as Disney Plus and Hulu as they merge. In addition to removing the content from other streaming services, the House of Mouse has also told investors they will be producing less content moving forward. In the recent you... investor call... The... Go on, sorry. sorry. Carry on. Carry on. The co- company commented uh, Disney Plus recently losing more than 2 million subscribers. The service's first significant drop <laughs> since clients um, joined in 2019. Do you know why Disney Plus lost 2 million subscribers? Is Mandalorian stopped? No. They... MCU Universe? No. It's even more mundane than that. The uh, Disney Plus just, free trials ended. <laughs> no, Disney Plus lost the rights to to host um, Indian cricket. That was it. Hmm. So people ah. in India, so two million people in India, who yeah, they're, are they're by and large, spot. yeah, by and large, the the world's greatest consumer of cricket content, went yep. to the other streaming service that got it. That's what it was. Makes, it's not lost two million sense. subscribers in the West. It's lost two million subscribers just because they didn't they, they didn't keep up the cricket license. Yeah, there you go. That makes massive sense. Cricket's good. Though. I like cricket. I fucking do. I love it. Yay! Biggie was walking in the news. <laughs> Contemplating on next. <laughs> uh, following on from the confirmation of General Ortega's casting in Beetlejuice 2, it has new two more actors added to the casting list. According to Deadline, Justin Theroux, He's good. Um, we'll join Michael Keaton also reprising the titular role. And in addition, we'll also have Monica Bellucci. Oh, she's active again. Hmm. Justin Theroux's really good. He's in my second favourite show of all time, The Leftovers. He's in uh, Rex and Park, Park and Rex, isn't he? Some, is. I think he's in some, some of it, yeah. And he's... What else is he in? He's in loads of stuff. He did Mosquito Coast recently. I like him. I think he's good. But if you've not watched Leftovers, watch that. It's weird, though, we uh, this Jenna Ortega business attached to um, Tim Burton. Is she the new Christina Ricci? I think so. Yeah. Seems to be the new muse, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, is she just going to stare at people for the rest of her career? <laughs> I mean, I think she's got enough going on that that won't be the case. Hopefully, although she is taking she is taking sort of a lots of horror roles, isn't she? She was in Scream as well, so yeah, she's just a new Scream queen. <sighs> yeah. Also mentions that Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara are also returning. Oh, so he's bringing his the old guard back. Oh, I don't. I'm 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 a I'm a bit on the fence with this because I think Tim Burton's more. Misses than hits, in my opinion. Has been of late, some, sure. I mean, I think he's done some absolute timeless classics, but he misses quite often. Like, people love that fucking Alice in Wonderland shit he did. I hated it. No, it was crap, that. I hated Willy Wonka, or Charlie and Chocolate Factory, whatever he called it. I Who hated it. The last film I liked that he did was Sleepy Hollow. Mm, yeah. That's because it's bad shit. 
but yeah, I think it's a bit it's a bit miss. It's Tim Burton. Maybe people love him still. Uh, Roast tinted glasses again. Just to think back to because Beetlejuice is fantastic. You'll always, you'll always get the crowd that will go to any Tim Burton film, myself included. Whether or not you like it, the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know uh, uh, the, the striped what's... steeples. I mean, I quite like Corpse Bride and I quite like Sweeney Todd. Oh, but... I do like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah, but then after that, it goes because Alice in Wonderland was crap and Dark Shadows was shite. <laughs> I um, never even watched Dark Shadows. <laughs> oh, it was really bad. Dumbo was fucking weird. Oh, that was remake. so bad. Yeah, that oh. was a strange. Uh, I fell asleep. Did he do, oh, he did. Did he did the remake? Didn't he have yeah. Dumbo? Yeah. But then, then like you go to his like his eighties, nineties content, and you've just got banger after banger because you got like Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Edward, yeah. Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, Mars Attacks. Yeah. He did the two thousand and one Planet of the Apes, which was odd. <laughs> <laughs> not as bad as people make out, but not as good as some people would say. Yeah. Mm, okay, uh, I'm 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 here for it. Candy's definitely here for it. Let's just see what happens, isn't it? Let's see what Tim Burton's got left in the tank. Because he's still a mad fucker, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Michael frogs, Keaton. That guy. Yeah, Keaton's been mad since. Keaton's always been mad. <laughs> yeah, he's in, that man's insane, and he knows it. And that's the best thing about him. Cool. Next. Over to the weird world web. Uh, pensioner urinated on a track was killed by a flying cow after it was launched 100 foot into the air by the carriage Shiv Dayal Sharma 82 was reportedly urinated next to the train track in the region Alva and India when the incident occurred last month it's thought the animal was hit by the Van Barat express train before landing on Mr Sharma oh Jesus <laughs> I've told you all this before an average of 900 people a year get killed by cows yeah, this one doesn't really go into the statistics. This one's like I think it does. This one's like God going fuck you in particular. <laughs> Did you say it was in India as well? Place yeah. where they are sacred. Yeah. So yeah. that's definitely God doing that. God's like, you you're having this. I'm sending one of my, my beast of burden to kill you. <laughs> Can you imagine is... like how fast the train was going to launch a cow a hundred foot into the air? Hell. Well, most trains, the average is like I know, 150, 150 the... miles per hour, isn't it? I'm actually kind of interested. Thinking. I mean, how? Do, I mean, the fact that that cow was still in one piece after being hit was he was he pelted by bits of cow or was it like a full cow? Another man in the area narrowly escaped being caught by the flying carcass as well. Carcass. I assume the wind is dead. <laughs> I would assume it would be dead on impact. Yeah, it wasn't going moo. In the land where the cow is sacred, the train hits the cow, the train bangs into the cow like the Hulk punches the car, the train flips over the cow <laughs> and lands on the man and cow's just like Brr. Train to Musan. Oh, oh there we go. Oh. Episode title. There we go, there we go. Is that the news? Yes, sir. That is Lovely and brief. Felt good. I needed it. It's nourished me. Let's get some Nexus down his throat. <sighs> Carry on. What have you been doing this week, mate? Well, uh, I just need to bring up a little bit of umbrage from last week's pod. Here we go. not on there. No, this were coming. I want to point out, as I listen back to it, um, nice to have Rob on, by the way. It was lovely to hear uh, Rob being on. Did you hear another southern accent? 
Is that what you mean? Yeah, plebes. Anyone I understood throughout the whole pod. <laughs> it was mentioned by your good self, Oodles. Yep. When describing the topic, it's a verbose title. It may have changed our world. And that was what I was referring to, was the fact that consoles, when they're released, just come with their you know, default gigs. That is it. And you have to you know, put I, up with that. So I, then I, when, I, games started, when games started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you didn't have any <laughs> space left on your hard drive. So the fact that you could open up your consoles and upgrade them became easier and easier, especially with the PS5. And you just mm-hmm. take that big, massive flap off and you can put in your upgrade. It's much easier now. I even I'm did sorry. it for my laptop. <laughs> But to Dude. me, it's important. I've got a massive backlog of games. The only way I'm going to play them is if I've got <laughs> access to them on Dude. my upgradable hard drive. It was I important that, to me. But I have never lived in a world where I've had a console that can download digital content. That I've not been able to expand the storage of that particular console slash computer. It's never been a world that's existed. Xbox 360, you could get replacement hard drives and uh, memory Everything cards. Everything that never you can... Had, everything never had one. you can do it. Yeah, but it's been, it's been since... That kind Since of mediums PS3, existed. Yeah. PS3 had a drive bay that you could upgrade things in. Yeah, but that's what Memory cards on the For PS2 me. and PS1 and the GameCube and the Dreamcast. It's always just, it's, it's, no, it's just there. Disagree. Even the no, fucking I'm standing N64 by an expansion. My point. Ha. I'm standing by my point. Thank you very much. It, I, will hear no, I will hear no more. You tell him, Biggie. You fucking melt. <laughs> you were laughing about it as well, Candy. Yeah, I know. You thought it were hilarious. It was stupid. It was you probably cut mark most at laughter out right? in the eddy. I was fucking howling. All week I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I was outraged. Absolutely outraged. Big, 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 there, there is one concept that I, I, I worry that this might take the sheen off your shiny new little hard drive in your PS5. That you, do know you don't have to, I haven't got it for that. No, but you, don't, you do know that you don't have to have the entire of your library installed on your console at any given time. I don't think oh, you I do. do. Know that. I know that. I know that. I have two games installed on my PS5 at the minute. Same. <laughs> I, just downloaded, I, play... I just delete one and put a new one on. No. What, what yes. if somebody, your mate suddenly says, do you fancy a game with this? Yeah, no worries. I'll just done, I, I don't just gonna play take... games with me, mates. Mates, well, there you go. Happen. I do. Never going to happen. Oh, that's so fucking funny. I love it. And I love you. Loads. I love you too. Good. Not last week. Good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I'm having a rant, I might as well continue with uh, this. I had the PGA, uh, the Road to Masters, the PS5 latest golf game uh, sent I through. Want, I from, want this. From my mate, Kurt. Um, uh, thank you very much for that, arranging that, Kurt. Um, but That's I need to mention life. that, yes, it's a stunning looking golf game. Mm-hmm. Um makes great use of the ambient sound um, from what I've seen so far. And it'll probably be the best current solo golf game out there. Yes. Local game, which is the whole reason why we wanted it, is a complete joke. Why? It's usually my favourite thing. I play golf with... It's done a uh, battlefield. It's by EA, so it's done a battlefield for a golf game. You wouldn't believe it. This may not obviously bother a lot of people, but for us, it infuriated us. So... Once you've loaded up the game, you go into the options, you're able to create up to four, four custom characters. It actually only allows you to select one in a local mode. So if you're trying to play your mates, they are forced to select an actual real-life golfer who will have Fucking higher stats. Rory McElroy. <laughs> yeah, well, which will have higher stats and skills than you unless you actually play the main game to get the XP. That is actually bullshit. That's not fair. 
so, the UI. So what, so, sorry, 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 Biggie. So what's stopping you just then when your mates are around and you're playing locally? Why don't you just fucking play as an actual player rather than a custom? Because player? the idea is you want it to be either <laughs> an avatar of yourself with your mates. You can make yourself look ridiculous. That's the whole point. Shoot them again. No, no, I, no. I, I get, I get that. But in terms of just like as a workaround for this issue, is it so much of an issue to you, for you all to play famous golfers? Because obviously not. But yeah, but obviously. yeah. But then again, there is people like Rory McIlroy that would probably be highest ranked golfer on there. You know what I mean? That's the problem. You're gonna, you're gonna. And be, you can select, even if you like, are all example, superstars, there's gonna be one that's always gonna be better. Yeah. So, for example, well, your character will start with I think it was a, a level like 67 in the game, which is a really random number, um, mm. of like a handicap, I guess. And then it goes right up to like you say 93 or something. The lowest one you yeah. can pick is 78. <laughs> Still way better than you. So yeah, it's such a weird anomaly. Like every other golf game you've ever played will allow you to yeah. create your own characters and just play as them, go off you go. Um, the UI is really frustrating to use. It's just got really weird options that don't make any sense. Uh, the in-game music is appalling. You know in like FIFA 23 or any FIFA, you get like a soundtrack. Check it out of now. Fuck soul, tracks. brother. This just has on hold music in the background. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we want to switch that off immediately. There is clearly some lag when you're pressing the various button combinations. You can use the sticks to swing, or you can do the old three-button press. You know, press the button, your swing goes off, and then you press are it. You, the are you a stick then, guy you know, or a button guy? We're stick guys, but we tried out I'm the, the button as well. press as well, but it's got massive lag when you press it. Um, is it, is it sorry, is it PG, PGA 2K23 you're playing, is it? Yeah, the EA one, Road to Masters. Oh, right, sorry, no. Because it, because it's, it's, it's not the two K one. Yeah, because it's two K PJ PG two K. This is the Masters one, isn't it? Is. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Because this just is the Googled, one I were going to get. Because I love golf games. I, yeah. I, I Google PGA twenty three, and I, I thought, how did Kirk get this? A two K game, but I'm looking at the graphics on the two K game. It looks shite. Sorry, I'm just going to Google yeah. the EA one. The, the last game, which is the one that we played the most, is good fun. Um, it's, it's got really good, custom courses. The graphics are functional. That's all you really need for a golf game, to be honest. The fact that this is, looks amazing is just a bonus, really. But hilariously, if you're using different controllers, the sounds will only come out of the player one controller. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? And it gets worse. Speaking of which, when you play, the control will randomly switch between players so that you couldn't play your next shot without swapping your controller for the other guys for some weird reason. Ooh. And then you can control the aim and direction of the person's next shot, but you can't take the shot. Wow. It's, right. Yep. The crowd is well animated at times, but will still not react to a ball heading directly towards them. They'll just continue to pleasantly walk along or just stand there as the ball lands. It's got at a them. decent score on Metacritic, though, mate. It has, and I think, and I, I think a lot of it's to do. I think a lot of it's to do with the single player, where I'm I'm sure it's functional and plays really well. But what they've done with the I local, only play the single player ones. I fucking love golf games, yeah. mate. And they really oh. are pushing the online play as well. There's no decent options for a local play. It's all Play online. Play this. They've got card online. packs or anything. Have there? Yeah, there's loads of stuff you can uh, unlock. Some new trousers. Pay for yeah, all that kind of thing. And weirdly, you cannot make your character fat, which I did try. <laughs> and you're also given the option to choose your caddy. Although in any of the play that we played, he never appears. But there is no female caddy option, considering you can have female golfers. 
which I thought was well, a well, no, 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 no. You error. can't have female staff on a golf course. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, women there not, working? Not in yes. Britain, at least. Ugh. Too distracting. And also, don't you know, right. fat, don't, don't, don't you know fat people aren't allowed to be golfers these days? The rule came in last year. <laughs> Look, they invented a, a sport for fat people that should be happy with it. Sumo wrestling's there for a reason, guys. Catering. It and, caters. And darts. And da- darts especially. <laughs> Athletes. Yeah, 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 Athletes. Yeah. Peak physical yeah, just as uh, we were really excited to play this for uh, there's a bunch of us that play this around a mate's house like any golf game that's decent to play at the time and we're really oh, looking forward to this release but I, I'll have a crack at the single player at some point and I'm, I'm best sure golf be game I've played in ages is the Mario one and it's not perfect it's not really, not super good golf golf games hard. golf games go through weird peaks and valleys because I remember there was yeah like back in like the 360 days like the Tiger Woods games were awesome. Then, with tiger shot. Yeah, and then you go through like a period, like we're, we're in a period now where there's no face to it, so they all lull down. Yeah, like it's just middling golf games. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, that was the other thing. When we were playing, they've got this really serious simulation of golf. And if you mm. do that super power shot, then you get that slow-mo with fireworks yeah. going off when you take your shot. call them tiger shots, didn't they? They used to call <laughs> which, them tiger shots Which was really good when the original happened. games had that more cartoony feel. This has gone for like real full, full-on sim, and then you've got this weird animation come out of nowhere. But... On the last Tiger Woods game, Candy, I like this, you could do the um, the Happy Gilmore run up to the golf <laughs> oh, right. stance yeah, on your character. You, yeah. could, you could actually do it. And it's like, yeah, it was a bit more arcadey, wasn't it? It was good. They were good. The Tiger Woods ones were good. But we just like going to the mate's house, having beer, chatting while we're playing. And it's just a really easy game to, you know, golfing. It's just a nice, chilled out so game I, to mate, play. Mate, I, I spend too long playing golf games on my own and snooker games on my own. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Proper high pace games if they had a good darts game i would be the person to buy it fucking love mundane sports me love them <laughs> we, we did check um a few reviews to see if other people had the same problems that we were having they also confirmed that yeah it was a local game issue you might get <laughs> a lot patched. of people were playing with their fiance which is uh, interesting might get but, patched, um, mate. Keep, look forward to it the only other thing i wanted to mention that i've done this week is i caught a youtube series which i didn't know was around called the art of action and I mentioned um, Scott Adkins before. He's a British martial artist that's in a lot of movies, including John Wick 4. He played the fat guy in that. Yep. And Hitman, obviously. And um, he's got a, a YouTube series where he's interviewing legends from the, the movies, whether they're past and present, um, actors, directors, etc. Um, the list includes Tony Jaa, Michael J. White, Mark Dacascos, Steven Seagal, Cynthia Rothrock. Steven oh. Seagal. I've got to watch Dolph, that one. <laughs> yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Iko Uwe. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name. Nailed it. But the one that I actually uh, was interested in watching was Keanu Reeves, and it's a two-parter. And it um, goes through the movies, uh, the action movies, basically, of Keanu Reeves. And he, it's basically, you know, like we're doing, having a, a Zoom, Skype, Discord call. Yeah. And um, Scott's... Don't tell him really how good- we do it got a really good dry sense of humor and he just chats with Keanu about all of his movies and how the action was done and training and what he did for this role and then they go through scenes that they picked out this is really cool and whatever you think of Keanu's acting as a, an actual person he's the nicest humblest bloke you can oh, he's imagine everyone knows person. this but when you actually see him being interviewed and chatting he's so humble and it was really nice watching the it's awesome with Scott kids interview. he's awesome at meet and greets and stuff he's a proper nice bloke he just can't act. He can, he can, he can stunt. He can mm. stunt like a bad boy. 
and he can fight like a bad boy. He just cannot yeah. speak. It's when he speaks. He just hasn't got that gravitas that an actor should have. Yeah. yeah for a bit of interesting f- trivia. Um, <laughs> Whoa. In case you don't know, he damaged his neck uh, before he did The Matrix. Yeah. And he, he had to train with that, and he never told them. He had an operation prior to the movie. And um, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff where he's wearing a, like that foam neck brace. And I think wow. he, he just told them he had a bit of an injury, but didn't actually explain that he had a very serious injury. He got injured playing ice hockey, didn't he? Replaced. Yeah, I know he's, but, yeah, he's an ice hockey guy, isn't he? Yeah, he had to be very careful when he was making that movie. And considering the amount of stunts that he does in that movie, yeah, he's lucky technically he didn't kill himself. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal in them films. I've only just recently watched that first trilogy of John Wicks. And, oh, it's when, he's, when he shuts up and he starts chopping... He's fucking. He's great. <laughs> you can't argue with Keanu Reeves' choreography skills. He'd be. No, he'd I mean, I might have been a bit dancer. hard on John Wick Three when I sort of look back in hindsight, but uh, there were a few it. issues I had with the fighting. But now, especially after and watching Fall's this, apparently and the best it, one. Um, yeah, I knew really need to see four. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really do. impressed even more about uh, Keanu Reeves as a, an action star. Very impressive. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the uh, videos of the ones I'm interested. in. Awesome, 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 awesome. Candy, what you've been doing? Uh, he- yeah, he- hello, hello from Bristol. The results are as follows. We award Modern Escapism nil point. Yeah. Um, I'm about right. I haven't really done much ah. this week. I did watch Eurovision last night and I had a good fucking time too. Had an absolute banger of a drinking talk game. Me, talk me through it. Talk me through what Eurovision is. Um, <clears throat> It is a, how do we put this? It's a it's a romp into ridiculousness. Sublime so ri- of the singing, a, a singing contest. It's a it's a singing contest for those outside of Europe. They probably have absolutely no idea, with the exception of Australia. What goes yeah, on? Why are they in it? What do you mean Australia? Australia in the Eurovision. It's because it's it's something to do with the TV network. It's I think Commonwealth. They, they pay into this certain um, TV network, so they get to appear in it. Fuck like world off. series, like World Series baseball. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like World Series Baseball in America. It's taken on, (laughs) it's a life of its own. Like, you don't enter your best singers into Eurovision. You enter the most camp, the biggest show, the just most ridiculous, cheesy acts you can possibly find and basically try and out-cheese each other. It was in uh, Liverpool this year. We were holding it on, so you... Oh, is it always in England? Is it always in England? No, no, no. The the previous, previous year's winner is the host. But because last year Ukraine won it, the kind of, oh, oh, they ain't hosting it. Yeah, no. we came, we came second, so they, said they, would, they would do it here. It was agreed with Ukraine oh, right. that it would be done here. Surely that's got to cost money. Oh yes, yes. pretty penny. Ta- but it brings joy. Money? It brings joy no, to where no, it's pri- private. <laughs> Is it private? As long as it's private, you find I'm fine joy. <laughs> well, listen, you've had every- too much joy this past month, Britain. You've got a new king. <laughs> you've had the Eurovisions. What else do you want? A new prime minister? Maybe you'll get one. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Maybe we should have a competition like Eurovision to announce the next prime minister. They just yes. have to ask. We do what's called democracy. It's called an election, isn't it? He's <laughs> called an election. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same pomp and pageantry. <laughs> I do. I, I need to know what like unpractical skills they have. Like, what can they bring to t- to the table in terms of the United Nations meetings and stuff? Can they juggle? Without getting too political, I can tell you most of them are pretty much identical. 
They all went to the same school. And, and please yes. don't put this out in, into the universe because this is how you get Rishi Sunak twerking on a desk at the UN. <laughs> and do you really want that in the world? Did you imagine? I mean, we've yeah. seen some interesting dances, haven't we, from previous uh, previous leaders? No one has got no one has got as the sportsman uh, the sportsmanship of Boris Johnson when he tackled that Chinese kid in rugby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he fucking he nailed fucking that kid. annihilated that child. That child's dead now. <laughs> And when he got stuck on that zip line, oh god! <laughs> Take, oh. The guy, we're well, going to have a normal Someone to be proud of. <laughs> country. Who, who won the Eurovision then? Sweden for the second time. Right, there's a bit of a there's drama going as on in, here. As in Sweden, do you Abba, agree Sweden. with the result? No. Listen to this. So <gasps> oh, Sweden won. It's the, it's the second time that this artist has entered and won Eurovision, which is Ooh. fine in itself. Not so much of a coincidence. But next year, it's the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning um, Eurovision. Bit of a coincidence. It's a fix, then. It's yeah. a fix. Bit of a it's coincidence. A but actually, what they do now, <laughs> for the last um, three years, they've had a public vote as well as the jury vote, um, which is so different. Like, <laughs> Is it a cart? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Finlands, who came in seconds, they were doing um, pretty badly, very mediocre, until it became the public vote. And it... They ended up coming second, but the same thing happened with the winners a couple of years ago with um, Italy's entry. Completely mediocre and ended up so winning. So it depends which vote. countries, which has got the most viewers win it? Uh, no, because it's, you're not oh, allowed willing, to vote willing for your own country. willing to pay money to vote. You're not yes. allowed to vote for your own country. Not allowed to vote for your That's, own country. And the, 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 it's also weighted. So there is a judging panel for each country and then the public vote gets counted on top of And this. I bet, I bet, I, I, I don't want to put, I, I don't want to like throw stones in glass houses and stuff, but I bet it's not political at all, some of these No, choices, absolutely not. No, no way. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, they're no supposed way, to like, not like, have um, like, actual proper musicians enter, but they've had people that have been pop stars in the past, haven't they, actually come on and... It's not the Olympics, compete. they're allowed professionals in, surely. <laughs> well, I thought the idea of it was not supposed to be that, though. Well, well a couple a of years point. ago, we had Engel, Cliff Richard was in one. We had Engel Hump Bumper Engel Engelbert Humperdinck. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Back. Humperd- <laughs> sake. Him. Engelbert Humperdinck. Um, yeah, I think we, had bu- we had Bucks Fizz and um, Cliff Richard and Johnny Rotten entered for uh, for Ireland. <laughs> Did not yeah. get far. He didn't even pass the uh, preliminaries in the Irish. Um, nope. The, the, Irish, the Irish people didn't fucking want him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you enter for any other country, then? You don't have to be born in that country. You don't have to be born there. You have to live there, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. It's weird. Eurovision's such a foreign thing to me. Well, literally, it's foreign. But it's such a like, concept that I've just... <laughs> I've, never, I've never indulged it's in it. It sounds pathetic, to be honest. It's the ridiculous fucking thing you'll watch. It is just completely on its own level. I remember um, Terry Wogan used to comment on, commentate on it, didn't he? He was actually quite funny, from what I recall. Catching well, yeah, because he, he was in the past. Because he was hammered. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, drunk. yeah. It's, it's, it's Terry Wogan. He was never not drunk. It's, it's Graham Norton now. Uh, he's always hammered. He's always hammered. <laughs> he, was absolutely, he, he throws shade towards all of the acts as well. Oh, and the lady that um, hosted, I can't remember her name. Anna Waddingham. Yeah. <gasps> She's amazing. <sighs> She is absolutely batshit crazy in real life, as it turns out. Love her. Yeah. Ted, La- Ted Lasso woman. Yeah. yeah she, is, she is something else. Uh, mm. She That's is a bit something Euros. else. That's a bit Eurovision. Mm. So, mm. yeah. 
absolutely good. Absolutely hammered. That's why I'm a little bit quiet today. I'm feeling, <laughs> the, Euro- feeling the Eurovision what? headache. Where did England or Britain or whatever the class themselves as where did we place? Second to last, so we actually did really well this year. Second to last? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we came second the who did they have on when we came second then? Sam Ryder. Mm. Which let's be let's be real, if we came second against Ukraine, we came first. We came first. Yeah. We definitely came because that was a, that was a, a, a like a probably a vote of like it was a we're all behind vote, yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. so are Russia not in it? No. Oh, this Never is, have been. This is, this is have they not? Don't this is so. just politics. This is just politics, man. The, um, I should start watching Eurovision. <laughs> be, be, <laughs> Sounds be, good. People are suggesting that the uh, the fact that England did, uh, sorry Great Britain did so badly this year, um, it, they were just doing a My Lovely Horse from Father Ted. Because Because they didn't want to host it again. Didn't want to host it again, couldn't afford it. (laughs) Put in a really shit song. (laughs) Yeah, we can't afford this, guys. We're going through a fucking crisis economically. There's a cost of living crisis. We can't do it. We We don't don't need to enter a shit song to come last. (laughs) That's that's where the politics come in. (laughs) This just sounds fascinating, but again, I'm not going to tune in next year. It's not going to happen. Well, guys, we can have a party. I have to do it at your house. I can't get BBC on my on my telly. Well, neither can I, but shh. I'm telling the director general. They right would, they'd now. understand. They'd understand. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Saying that, you live in a block of flats. You're all Exactly. Right. What are they going to do? They have to catch me first. Well, I'm like a whippet. Yeah, there he is. There <laughs> on, on that bike. What are they going to do? Got. Shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been doing? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> that, that was my big reveal, Eurovision. You've had such a British month this month so far. You've had, you're having a great time. <coughs> you tea and scones and yeah, and I knew bits. you would absolutely call me out for it as well. But yeah, that's right. I've been an institution yeah. this month. You have. You need institutionalising. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Oh, wait till you enter His Majesty's uh, prison. <laughs> Yeah, I won't be quite so patriotic then, will I? You'll feel you'll feel dead British then. (laughs) (laughs) For not being your telly license. What's it the uh, the prison when they're doing on the Lonely Hearts thing? What do the prisoners say? They're on a long holiday. Yeah, you'll see me in Kerrang magazine in the Lonely Hearts candy machine (laughs) on a long holiday looking for love. In His Majesty's pleasure, HMP HMP Cardiff. Kerrang used to do did that, didn't it? Used to be like yeah, they used to bubbly emo girl. West Sussex, looking for rock star boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, all right. All above right, the, above right, the Pandora cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, good. Kerrang was such a fucking terrible read. But I still did it. I still read it. Yeah. Every week. Enemy was so much better. Anyway, um, Gadget, what you've been doing, mate? Uh, I've been doing a couple of things. One of the things I'll talk about with you, because we've been kind of doing the same thing, um, wanking, loads of wanking. A significant amount. It's it's worn down to a nub. <laughs> I'll come into that chat. <laughs> <laughs> Title of your sex day. Yeah. I think he has entered the entered the game. <laughs> uh, the thing I want to talk about um, is I started reading Antimatter Blues, which is the sequel to Mickey Seven by Edward Ashton. Mm. This I had no idea it was out. It just appeared on Amazon one day. I was just like, I love that. I love a novelised treat like that. Yeah. Um, What's it called again, sorry, so I can write it down? Antimatter Blues. Antimatter Blues. 
So I've got the animated blues. Yeah. So this this one takes place two years after Mickey Seven finished, following Mickey's retirement from being an expendable, where he's no longer getting killed for a living. Um, yeah, told us. Yeah. The he is basically charged with re- finding the big antimatter bomb that he left hidden out in the uh, in the snowscape of the planet that they're on. Because their reactor Ugh. is dying due to a kind of a fuck up on his part, and they need the fuel for mm. it. So when he goes to look for it, dun dun dun, it's gone missing. <gasps> but no, when he's but, no. when, but when he's walking around the base, he thinks he's seeing things. He's seen another couple of Mickey's. Uh oh. So he's also investigating as to who might be printing more copies of him. Do you know in some countries Mickey's a slang for cock? I know. I, I'm very aware. I didn't know that. <laughs> slip you, yeah. slip you a Mickey. Yeah, <laughs> just get me a Mickey out. I thought that was like a date rape thing, like a Mickey. Yes, there is that as well. There is that as well. That's there is the end a... result of the. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn. It did, yeah. uh, but no. Uh, this this book is basically it's more of the same from Mickey Seven. It's still just as funny. Uh, Mickey is still kind of engaging an unwilling hero, main character kind mm-hmm. of guy. Uh, yeah, lovable we... oaf. Yeah, um, not like me. The the side characters kind of don't at the point I'm at haven't really been fleshed out any more than they need to be. They're all a little bit kind of one dimensional, like they were in the first book, because Mickey really is the star of it all. Um, mm. and it, yeah, it's funny. It, it's basically if you enjoyed Mickey Seven, you'll really enjoy this. Um, you'd think it'd be called Mickey's eight, Mickey Eight, wouldn't you? Well, no, Mickey Eight was in Mickey Seven. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the the Mickey's basically identify themselves by a number as you know which regeneration of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the whole story of Mickey Seven was there was another Mickey, and one seven seven should have been killed for eight to exist, but it never happened. Oh, MG. Yeah, and yes, they have a threesome because of course they do. <laughs> How did you know I was thinking that? that was because I know your mind. <laughs> it's also what I was thinking when I started reading the book, and Mickey Eight came into it. I mean, if you if you if you if you're technically shagging a clone of yourself, it's just wanking, isn't it? I guess. Think about it. I Wank. don't think I'd be very aroused if another me got involved. Though I'd be like, oh god, that's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're so harsh on yourself. There's, there's thousands of people screaming and now, and the podcast players now going, date me, can they date me? HMP Cardiff, write to them. I'll write back. <laughs> <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I really, uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's also still a really easy read. Like I, the first kind of reading session, I, I, I was an hour in and I was 50 pages in. Like it just flies by. That oh, book. I love that. Love. It's that. Only, I'm all about that. It's less than 300 pages long in total. So again, like Mickey Seven. So it still goes on. Novella. It, it, it's short for a novel, too long for a novella. Uh, but yeah. it goes on at a fair clip and it's just enjoyable, pulpy sci-fi. Um. Mm. So yeah, at least, like I say, if you, if I mean, if you haven't read Mickey Seven, read it. Mm. Uh, also, uh, I've got it on me, on me, on me, Kindle. Kindle. Yeah, read it. Uh, the, I wouldn't call it Pindle then. What's a Pindle? I don't know. I think you're high. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not high. <laughs> and the film version of it comes out, I think, later this year. I'm so oh, who's, who's in that then? Do you know? Our Pats as uh, as Mickey. He's good him. And it's uh, it's directed by Imude Parasite. Whose name I can never pronounce. Boon Jung Young. Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be incredible then. 
Robert Pattinson is on he's on a right streak at the moment, that man. Oh yeah. But um oh. I think they've rewritten it slightly for the film because the film's called Mickey Seventeen, so he's died another ten times. It's just for, probably for gravitas. <laughs> I think I think for... we're gonna see some just very quick comedy deaths there. Like oh, yeah. a quick succession. Yeah. Like like one of those montages in Deadpool. Absolutely, yeah. I'm also mm. I, I, I think I listened I listen obviously I listened to my books. I think I listened to it on the way back from the podcastle last time. I'm I'm just desperately refreshing Audible for it. So I know there's an audible uh, an audio version out there. It's just not on Audible yet. So I'm desperately oh, refreshing right. to find it. Where 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 would that be then? It's just if it's not on Audible. Who releases audiobooks not on Audible? Exactly. Random uh, audio. Do you not want sites. money? It's on the it's, it's on the US Audible. I know. I'm try, I'm trying to VPN out. it as well. I can't do it. Hmm. That's it. I work that Interesting. way. Edward Ashton, get on them. Get onto Amazon. <laughs> Say Candy Machine really needs to listen. You need to release this in the UK. Why don't why don't why don't you go over there to America? Download it. Come back. That, that doesn't work. I tried it with a VPN. I'm more I'm more up for getting over there. Giving him a headlock. Good noogie on the uh. go on, sort it, sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a photo starting that. Yeah, no, I think I think I think you'll enjoy it a lot. But yeah, that's the main thing I've been doing apart from the thing I've been doing that you've been doing, but you've done more of it. Okay, so nothing really, nothing's happened in gaming landscape this week at all. No big uh, releases come out or anything like that. It's been a bit of a dearth, hasn't it? I can't think of anything. Let me just scratch my head with this game case. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see <laughs> what I'm. Oh no, I've got another one as well. I've got two. Anyway, that's a different story. Um. Z- the Legend of Zelda, A Nation Mourns, a.k.a. Tears of the Kingdom. I loved it when that joke came out when the Queen died. Fucking, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it, though, did you? <laughs> I saw the funny side. Yeah. Um, time, Legend of Zelda, time, time, Tears of timings, the Kingdom. Timing's a weird thing, isn't it? It is a weird thing. We've got a sequel to the seven-year-old, six-year-old game, Breath of the Wild. Uh, probably top five. Switch games of all time, that one was. Probably top games of all time. Yeah, not anymore. So, I've completed it. You haven't, have you? No, I have a fuck. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm only about seven, eight hours in, which is weird for me. Um, yeah, uh, if you've not played Breath of the Wild, this is not going to change your mind. If 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 you didn't like Breath of the Wild, this is not going to change your mind either. If you did, you will see Breath of the Wild as the demo to this game, because wow, yeah, what what like I mean, Kurt will happily remind me of this probably for the rest of my life while I know him. I wasn't looking forward to this until a, a trailer came out a few weeks ago. Then I got hyped. Fuck, I can't imagine if I'd have been this hyped. When it was announced back then, I'd have been shaking. But luckily, I didn't have the hype for too long. But I got it anyway. And oh, it's incredible. That's really not hyper- That's not hyperbole. You've been playing, haven't you, as well, Gadget? Yeah. It's, it's, it's special. Do you know how you get... <clears throat> Like when God of War, uh, when the when the, the the original God of War, uh, 2016 God of War came out, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, this is special." When I don't know, Half Life Two came out, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, this is special." Oh, Bioshock. Oh fuck, this is. It's one of those. This is 
a landmark title. This is a, a moment in history, and I'm 10 hours in. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I get when it, you, yeah. When you can see everything like stretch out before, this is like a, apparently a 150-hour game. It's huge. I can't believe it. And, and yeah, so I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you the premise. So it's a sequel to the last game. It's a Zelda game. You saved the world on the last game. <clears throat> it kicks off straight away. Um, another mystery to solve. I'm not going to tell you the plots. Another, but you wake up. You're in the sky in this this sky continent. And how does it do it? How, how does it introduce the game with probably the best intro title screen? Oh yeah. I've ever seen. That skydiving title screen. You start skydiving, and when I mean sky, it's, this is not uh, just cause skydiving, where you can, you can go to stratosphere and, and get to Earth in about a minute. This is free-flowing skydiving that takes ages to get to the floor. Like, yeah. In a, in a good way. You, you can speed it up if you want. But, and then you start skydiving. Link's hair's longer. Because he's been asleep. I don't know how much time he's been asleep for. I haven't got that far into knowing it's, how long. For, from from what I've seen, it's supposed to be about five years after Breath of the Wild. Yeah, he's been asleep anyway. Been asleep, and his hair's longer, and it's flowing. Now I know why they made him have long hair. It's for the flying. It is. It looks awesome. It looks fucking old. Bear in mind, guys, this is on a six-year-old console. Very underpowered six-year-old console, and it looks incredible. It genuinely looks. The draw distance is fantastic for this. I mean, it's Monolith Soft again that have done the world, the guys who did Xenoblade. If you've ever played a Xenoblade game, those worlds are insane on this console. Um, they, they, use, they use like a cel-shaded style cartoony vibe, which probably gets, gets away with murder with the game engine, doesn't it? That's probably why they can do so much, because it's really... How do you explain it? It's not... It's not super detailed, is it, Gadget? It's stylized. Yeah, it's very stylized, um, and it's it's partially for performance purposes. Yeah. Although, from from what I understand, it's on the Switch. It's still kind of dipping frame rates quite a lot. But it it does. It, but it's never like it's no different to the last one. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Sometimes you know, when explosions you know, happen, it, it might go down to less than twenty frames per second. But it's not stopping me enjoying it. No, I'm I, I'm emulating it on Steam Deck, and I'm getting sort of. 25 to 30 and then dropping down a little bit. That's just the emulator. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not detrimental at all. And what they've done, they've made this open world almost jumping. It's almost in vain of these um, these Sims, these what Sims that Gadget likes, these what they're called. Immersive Sims. It is an immersive, immersive Sims. Sim. Yeah. It's like that of the first game was more um, a lonely world. You've got to get from A to B somehow. This is a lonely world. You've got to get to maybe to be somehow, and you've also got to solve awesome puzzles. Oh my god, the puzzles in this are fantastic! You've got new powers. You can merge anything. You dream it up, you can do it. It's like Minecraft or something. Isn't it? It's some fucking wizardry how they've done this. It's 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 it's, it's frustrating because they never really showed off what the Ultra Hand stuff and the kind of the building could do yeah. in the trailers. And like, it's so far my favorite part of the game. It's mine. Like just just like clagging stuff together and becoming a mad scientist and seeing what you can come up with. Yeah. It's just, I, the reason I've not got further into this game, I've got two anecdotes that's happened to me in my, in my 10-ish hours that I've played so far. So when I landed on the ground and I'd got all the powers that, I have, still haven't got all the powers, but I got the powers I needed to create 
to create like Dr. Frankenstein. I decided I'm going to create a perpetual motion machine, a machine that will never stop. And guess what? I did it. Now, I made this machine. Imagine like a cube with loads of wheels sticking out of it. It's got a core in the middle of it, so this core will constantly recharge because it's a specific core that I've put in it that constantly recharges every so often. So it does stop eventually, but when the charge kicks back in autonomously, it'll carry on rolling and meandering through the countryside. And I thought, I'm never getting that machine back. It disappeared into the wilderness. (laughs) Three hours later... I was in a snowy bit, right? Not far from where I came, about a couple of miles away. And I was on this ice lake, and every step I took on this ice lake, the, the ice was cracking. And I thought, oh, God, I've got to be really good. I'm about the middle of the lake, because you've got a stamina bar, and, and you'll die anyway. And I'm like, and I, I hear this. coming in. The, I'm like, oh, no, it's Boris, my perpetual motion machine. <laughs> and he's coming. And it starts smashing. And this is just... Just This just happened because I decided to create this monstrosity. Two hours later, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have been a thing unless I hubris got in the way. <laughs> and, I, and I created a monster. Now, I did die. Boris is off into the wild somewhere, my machine. I don't know where it is again. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. Because I thought, I thought, because it, it, it does what the other game does, the Blood Moon happens and all the enemies reset, which is a memory issue, isn't it, to keep the game nice and tight. It doesn't, it doesn't reset your creations. And Boris is still out there, and I'm frightened. I'm really scared. <laughs> it's fucking... It's just mega... And, and my, my, other, my other anecdote is... Um, I, was, I was in the sky, and you're, you're miles in the air, and I thought, I'm going to see what happens if I just dive, like, head first, and see what I land on. And if I die, I die. It doesn't matter. Diving, diving, diving. I'm like, fucking hell, I can see grass. I'm going to land on grass. Guess what I landed on? Boris? No, a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And I automatically caught this horse. It's a green horse. It's fantastic. I just don't... I don't know how the game does these... You like creating your own moments all the way through it. And I think that's the beauty of it. The story's all right. It's... Bobbins, really, in it. It's just. It's his older story. It doesn't need to be there. It's just there. Yeah, it's just there. I mean, it's way better than Breath of the Wild's story. Character, the NPCs do have actually plots dialogue. now. Yeah, dialogue plots. They've got everything. It's just, it's the sandbox I want on a portable device, and I think it's nigh on perfect. Just because of that, I can't imagine it falling off a cliff before before credits. I really can't. It's sensational. And I heard Matt. Why do you have two copies of it? Oh, because I got sent two copies and I don't know why. (laughs) Don't know why. (laughs) I'm selling it. I'm selling the copy. I'm going to full whack back for that. It's just, this is the reason to get a Switch, in my opinion, or to emulate the fuck out of it. It's, It's just, it's special. I think it's. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think so far it's the best Zelda game I've played. And I really like A Link Between Worlds. That's my favourite. I think this is better already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, you get that honeymoon period with games, don't you? I'm yeah. Still, I'm, still, I'm still smooching. I'm, I'm very much enjoying that, but I, I haven't got out of the opening area. I'm still trying to get up to the third shrine without freezing to death. I haven't found any warm clothes. 
Um, oh, you've probably you've probably missed. There's some in the in one of the caves. There's some yeah. a chest, some trousers. Fair enough. Need to find it anyway. Yeah, I'm um, barreling around there at the minute and just putting together weird little gizmos. When you proper land on Hyrule, mate, the game's just don't create a Boris like I did. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> no, do it to I, yourself. I would. I've also got a side hustle on the game where I've created a horse and cart, and I go around and take. We're talking about dogs earlier. You can't pet them. But you can lead him into your car. I've got seven dogs in a car, and I'm just walking around Hyrule, <laughs> dropping these dogs off at different stables. Fuck, laugh for no reward. <laughs> just do it. So there's more dogs in the world spread out. It's good. It's really good. It's just a good game. I fucking love it. I genuinely love it. I'm trying to see it of a way because you can attach like a, some some ropes on your ass and to drag cats. If I can. Put, get my green horse out that's been my work horse and if I catch another horse can I then attach that to, and have two horses running because I, I know I so. can I've, I've seen I've seen I've seen yeah. some TikTok of people doing that because I've I, I've seen I've seen that you can attach rockets to your cart and if I attach rockets to my cart as well as my horse am I going to go really fast yes this is going to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> I've created a skateboard with a minecart. So when you you can skate on your shield on the last one, can't you? But your shield yeah. breaks. Not when it's attached to a minecart, it doesn't. I've got an unlimited <laughs> skateboard. I still, I still think it does. I still Tony think eventually Hulk. it breaks. Oh, well, it's not broke yet, and I've been, I've been, I've been grinding everywhere, me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't rush it, and that's coming from Mr. Mainline over here. Just enjoy what they've done to us, what they've given yeah. To us, I do like they've put more minecarts in. They clearly saw the people fucking around with the minecarts in Breath of the Wild and thought, "Let's make this an actual mechanic." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's still massive reveals that I, I'm not even going to spoil, even at first five hours. Like that made me my jaw drop and think, "How have they done this?" Like gadget, I I, I could tell you off air, but no, I it's, don't. It's mind blowing what it did. I'll get there. And don't it, worry. You will. You, 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 well, you're not far off it, even. Few, first few hours in, you, you'll see, and you'll be like, holy shit. But yeah, this is... This, uh, do you know how Elden Ring were inspired by Breath of the Wild? Yeah. I'm now looking forward to what From Software does after they're inspired <laughs> by this. Because they always look at that as like, that's our challenge. I want to see what devs do with this. Do you know what I mean? This is this is like I was playing it with my son a little bit early, and he's like, "It's like Roblox." I went, "How dare you? How dare you say this is like Roblox?" But apparently, Roblox has been doing this for years. <laughs> but well, early in the week, answers. everyone went mad with the scores, didn't they? The uh, ten out of tens, and it's obviously scored really highly, hasn't it? Is it like a nice six? It's landed on or something like that. Nice seven, nice six. It's just, it's just. Incredible! It is a reason. Even if you can, you can lease a switch for a few weeks and just enjoy. Oh, just get a PC that can emulate it or something. It's it's probably the best Nintendo game I've played in about twenty years already. It's insane how good it is. And again, I'm nowhere. Like if you if you played it properly, gadget, you'd catch up with me in about two hours because I've just not done story. I've just been. I've got my own life in Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog napper and I'm avoiding Boris at all costs. <laughs> I don't know it, when he's going to crop up next. 
it, you know what's going to happen. There is going to be at one point you'll be like in a pitched fight with a Lionel or something like that, and he's just yeah. going to roll over you and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what if he gets the Lionel? I'm like, we've we've become friends. We've been. <laughs> it's like that nemesis thing from the Lords of the Ring games, isn't it? I, well, I've been, I've been holding my switch like every every time I've been playing it handheld. I've been like hovering over the record button just in case he turns up, in case Boris starts rolling into, it, and I'm, just so I can show people the horror of him because <laughs> I forgot to record it when I created him. Just the sheer horror. It's it's just a Lovecraftian cube of wheels and fire. He's <laughs> awful. <laughs> when I, when I next see him, if. I will I will record it and I'll I'll post it for everyone to see. He's he's horrendous. I hate him. He's the true villain in this <laughs> creature of my own design. But it's just it's so good. Please play it. Please get it. It's sensational. That's the Nexus. That is the Nexus. Let's move on to the main topic. Real life. Films based on real life. Now, when a film is based on real life. Things get changed for dramatic reasons and for film film reasons and narrative reasons. I'm allowing that in this, but I don't I don't mean Forrest Gump. <laughs> He's placed into real situations that don't count. So if you've got Forrest Gump on your list, take it off. <laughs> I can see uh, Biggie deleting Forrest Gump. Go on, Biggie. What you got? What you bring to the table? You, 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 some of your films that speak to you that are based on real life. I've got a few here. I'm not going to go into de- much depth about them. Just wanted to mention them. Um, one or two I've talked about before in the pod uh, for the main reason yeah, why. Uh, Zodiac. Oh, um, yeah. That, really was, that was in my top five. I thought that was a fantastic um, movie based on the serial killer. So in Zodiac, um, were, were the actual detectives in that, were they real? Or were they dramatised? I can't remember. No, I think they were. I think even... I think, I think um, they were, weren't they? Matt Ruffalo. Gyllenhaal's character, Graysmith, who was the political cartoonist, yeah. is the, the real deal. Um, he was yeah, I think so as well. I think I, 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 think I recall it being real. But did they ever actually catch the Zodiac killer in real life? I mean, again, they, 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 they put, put the, their the, own... They the, the caught someone, didn't they? Was it the Zodiac? It was unsolved, killer? basically, but they've indicated that. Um, I think I got it here somewhere. Um, where did it say? The producer spent eighteen months conducting their own investigation research for the movie, and obviously wow. put their, like a lot of films do, they put their spin on what they thought happened. And uh, yeah, what yeah, I remember yeah. that they indicated it was this one particular person that they thought was the real person. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. I remember watching a behind the scenes of. Zodiac the film, it's great, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Finch it's gripping. It? It's it's so good, and it also shows you the obsession of um, Graysmith had this, you know, wonderful family life, etc. And yeah. pretty much lost lost that to his obsession. It's got obsession the, uh, yeah. story, yeah. And it, it, Gillian Hall's fantastic in it, as as is everybody else. But he obviously is the standout uh, from that, I believe. And it's Matt Ruffalo, and it's Thingy as well, isn't it? Um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I haven't um, seen him. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out. I bet, I bet it's a good, good to go back to that. Rewatch it. It's, I've, I've seen it uh, twice, and I, I think it's excellent. It grips every time. It's just so well done. Yeah. David Finch's yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember really liking it then. Um, another shout again for JFK. If you haven't watched it, just watch the extended cut. It's a long film, but it's <laughs> five hours long in that extended one. 
No, I think it's three and a half hours, if I remember. Pushing maybe four hours, but it, it, I do watch Return a... of the King every two months, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just again Oliver Stone's take on what happened. But the it's great, isn't it? the final speech by Costner at the end, and where he delivers us the evidence is fantastic. It's just the build up. The whole movie is basically building up to that moment, and it's just so fantastically. Done. I was never a mega Kevin Costner fan until I watched JFK. I yeah, like, I liked him in The Untouchables. Like, oh, I get him. Dreams and Untouchables, such, good. Yeah. Did you so like I, him in I, The I Postman thought... in Waterworld? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But yeah, I, I think this is probably one of, if not his best film ever, um, JFK. And I'd argue because with it, you on that one, yeah. It's such a big documentary type film. It is long. It puts people off, but it is such a good film. So I do so like a, um, a cart procedural as well, me. A cart yeah. film. I love a cart film. I think that's almost the uh, at least an hour or something at the end of the movie. It's, yeah, it's like all the president's men and massive, stuff like that. And yeah, oh god, and it. it does actually feature the famous footage, the Zap Ruder, yeah, reel, which is quite devastating to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Lee Harvey uh, or was it not? Who knows? Mm. I think the evidence from what in that movie, which I still believe to be fair, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what was presented. I, I think it's. I'm, in, Possible for him to have taken that shot the way it's. He made a shot presented. like um, like um, Revolver Ocelot in Metal Gear, didn't he? <laughs> Ricocheted <laughs> yeah. off every fucking building in. Vicinity. Or wanted, you know. <laughs> or wanted, yeah. He bent bullet around. <laughs> How did he do it? <laughs> um, I've got It Man down here as well. The, it uh, Man or Hit Man? Did you say? <laughs> it, it. Yeah, I'm glad he's an Hitman and not Hitman. Not Hitman. <laughs> I, did, I just yeah, it, want to tell, let you know that Agent 47 isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ip Man uh, is a Hong Kong biographical martial arts film fantastic. based on the life fantastic. of Ip Man, the grandmaster of the martial art Wing Chun. And um, for yeah. those who don't know, he was the teacher of Bruce Lee. Oh, such a good star as Donnie Yen. There's been lots of sequels, which I, believe it or not, I haven't seen. I've only seen it. I've but... only seen the first one. Yeah, I've only seen mm, the first one. Same. It's still the same. It's still um, Donnie Young, Donnie Young, isn't it? it is. his, yeah. yeah, it's still him, isn't it? Oh. And Scott Atkins, who I referred to earlier, he fights uh, It Man in uh, It Man Three, I think it is as well. He's in the. Isn't he in um, Rogue One as well? Yes, he is. He, he plays is. the blind guy. Really good in. It's really good in that. Oh, Rogue One's really good. Good Star Wars um, films. Quite possibly one of my favourite films of all time uh, is Black Hawk Down. Mm, really good. Uh, the war film directed when he was good, Ridley Scott. And it's yeah, based yeah. on a, a non fiction book about um, the Black Hawk helicopter that went down in enemy territory. Um, just a really good war film, but the suspense, um, it shows both sides of the conflict. That it's bit when really you well see Eagle Eye View and all the fucking crowd. Crowding around, yeah. like, oh my god, it's frightening as fuck. And the uh, ensemble cast, the ensemble <sighs> cast is fantastic. The cinematography in that movie is incredible, and the sound as well. If you, um, when you everybody had those surround sound systems, you know, with speakers everywhere around the room and stuff, and uh, you have this blaring out, and the cinematography on a big screen, it's incredible, fantastic yeah, sound. I haven't seen that since I first watched it again. I might come and go back to that as well. Um, and I have. Two final picks, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> Very dramatised, but based on the <laughs> I, It's just a, an incredible movie. I like the movie. I didn't 
know much about the story at all. And, uh, you know, like John say, and Belfort in real life is a fucking lunatic. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. a yeah, lunatic. I don't know how much is true. He's all over TikTok, mate. He's got film, his own but... TikTok account and he is in. Sane. That man is, and he's been sober for like twenty years. He's still insane. <laughs> yeah, he's mad as a box of folks. He's a fucking DiCaprio. Cocaine's done him in. <laughs> DiCaprio's performance in that movie is just incredible. Oh, and how brilliant. he didn't, like it's we said brilliant. before, how he didn't get the Oscar for that, I don't know. And uh, I don't know. Still either. has one of my favourite recollection scenes ever. I think that 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 joke is fantastic. Yeah. Which which bit? So when he parked his car. Oh, when he's had, he's had the lemon quaalude. <laughs> that film just has so many Arctic memorable scenes perfectly. in it, though, doesn't it? It's like scene yeah. after scene. It's like one of the few films, like Anchorman as well, like every single film, every single scene is just incredible. Wolf of Wall Street And let's well. not forget the breakout performance of Margot Robbie when she opens those doors. Well, of course. Doors. Yeah. The dramatic entrance. And you can see everything. <clears throat> incredible. And she's great in that anyway, as the Duchess of Bay Ridge. That, the well, book I know is he... nowhere near as good as the film. I've I read the book way before I saw the film. Yeah, I heard the it was a good read as well, though, wasn't it? It's a good read, but the film's so much more cartoonish and daft and fun. And Jonah Hill's incredible in it. With his big the thing is, teeth. when you watch The Wolf of Wall Street, it's a long film as well, isn't it? It's like it's three hours pushing three hours or something. But it flies by when you watch that movie. I didn't think it was. Didn't feel oh, like it was so that long. Fucking good! It's such a good film. But I know the uh, the topic is about films, but I just wanted to give another shout out for both Band of Brothers and Chernobyl, just as uh, yeah, too, they 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 they're great. like films, aren't they? They're just films split up. Yeah, but they're, they're yeah. just incredible. If you haven't seen them, I just watched Chernobyl this year and thought it was fantastic. But Band of it's Brothers really will good. be one of my all time TV series based on the real events that happened during the war and uh, yeah, reflection some- from the. Soldiers in the show as well, the interviews with them. They used, they used a lot of um, journals for that show as well. Yeah. So, like, real, real fucking horror shit, that. Fantastic. And the brothers were great. Cool, cool, cool. Candy. Uh, so I've got a three for this evening, and we're taking a trip down Spooky Lane, because I can. Before you start, Corpse Bride isn't based on real life. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, back to the drawing board then. <laughs> <laughs> No, so my first, um, in 1917, I've got actual notes for this one. This has been a while since I've noted. Uh, in 1979, a film called The Amityville Horror was released. Um, oh, the Amityville- shit, son. Oh, shit, I'm going down there. The Amityville Haunting, um, on which the film was based, is um, sort of the folktale based around the true crimes of Ronald DeFeo Jr. So on November the 13th, 1974, DeFeo shot and killed six members of his family in the real town of Amityville in Long Island. He was convicted um, of second-degree murder in 1975. In December of that same year, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into the DeFeo house. And after 28 days, the family fled the house, claiming to have been terrorised by paranormal activity whilst living there. And so we famously got the uh, Amityville uh, film based on it, that very um, iconic-looking house and everything. And it's been remade a couple of times as well. Several sequels, obviously, that didn't have Ryan anything Reynolds. to do. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, breakout role. He's top off. <laughs> mm. um, it's good the remake with Ryan Reynolds, in. I don't really remember it. I know I watched it. I like it. I like it. I, I quite like good. his serious Reynolds. He does serious quite he's, well. He, he doesn't start serious. He starts quippy. Yeah. Then he gets serious when he starts gets, getting murdery. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. 
Second up, uh, Alfred Hitchcock famously directed horror classic The Birds in 1963 after learning that in yeah. 1961, birds in the coastal town of Capitola in California yep. really had started tormenting the local residents. And these birds were um, poisoned by toxic algae. So the flocks of yep. normally placid seabirds began crashing into the homes and cars and vomiting up half-digested food. Um, and it actually took scientists two decades to figure out what had actually caused the birds to suddenly turn There was, there was the two reasons, wasn't there? There was the algae, uh, which like made the brains go mental. Mm. And there was uh, something to do with uh, their habitat getting destroyed as well. So oh, that's okay. why that that's why they went and ate the algae, which is not not normally. And they were like, what, a bloke got pierced in the neck. Yeah, they were properly. They were like rabies. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, that, the effects in that movie have probably dated a bit, but as an actual, shadows weren't it? He made shadows mm. as an actual build up, and that is actually quite a creepy. He film, used um, blackbirds and crows, didn't he, in the yeah. in the film? To, because it looks better on film, but I think mm. there were like seagulls and like. Shytarks and stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was seabirds. <laughs> big, and seagulls big are fuck fucking gigantic as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm constantly I know, tormented I, by seagulls. Well, living. I know. I, I, know I know they had an issue where, like, um, I, I watched the um, I watched the true documentary about it. I'll try and find you it because it was on Netflix years ago, um, and it's what inspired Hitchcock and stuff. They're like they got into a nursery. Oh, in, inside and they were attacking kids and stuff like proper like yeah in the, in the film it's a, a school gets attacked yeah that's yeah right. and they, they were fucking like killing kids mm-hmm. killing kids these fucking bit what do you do if a rabid fucking seagull comes at you you can't duck and cover no <laughs> you, especially if they're coming don't. inside as well oh yeah they were they were, they were just uh, zombies they were just Ooh. zombie birds that's when you need chips candy yeah, loads <laughs> of chips. Well, chips would have saved the, the day. Well, one of the few good reasons to have a chip, throw it at a seagull. <laughs> come off. And a no, piece of cr- actually, pizza crust no. would work. Yeah, but the thing is, then they invite their mates, don't they? If you ever throw chips or anything at a seagull, 50 more I don't think they were communicating. The, the brains were fucked. I don't, they were not, they, they, that, this was not an organised massacre. No, not a Last of Us style uh, hive <laughs> no, mind. No. <laughs> these, were just, these were just insane big old birds. <laughs> It's frightening when you think about that. It's happened recently, apparently, um, in Australia. We, um, do you know the film Black Sheep? Mm. Yeah. That was, that was that was based on true events where some sheep got into some mushrooms, some psychedelic mushrooms, and went oh, wow. and fucking fucked people up. I forgot about that film until this moment. I need to watch that again. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. When animals eat mushrooms and algae that they're not supposed to eat, it's always man's fault because we've destroyed their habitat. This is what happens. Nature gets us back. Mm-hmm. And finally, in 1949, a number of newspapers reported an alleged possession of a boy known as Ronald Doe, a.k.a. Robbie. Robbie began mm-hmm. to express interest in a Ouija board um, to his spiritualist aunt who allowed him to experiment with the Ouija board. It was after the death of his aunt that the family began experiencing paranormal activity in the house. This included vibrations unexpected noises unexplained noises sorry flying objects and levitation while robbie experienced violence a guttural voice and a revulsion to sacred items historically a case called the loudon possessions of 1634 involve a group of nuns who claimed possession after having illicit dreams about an attractive priest in a desperate attempt to clear his name the priest involved uh, offered to exercise these nuns himself during the exorcism, the nuns convulsed, blasphemed, and made sexual motions towards the priest, 
as was as yep. was depicted in the 1973 film The Exorcist. Um, yeah. The Exorcist film was based on the novel by William Blatty, who um, took these two cases to create the story we now we now know. Although although the film evoked negative a negative reaction from religious groups, Blatty claimed <laughs> that the true aim of his novel was to scare a generation into going back to church. It said read- on the um, it said on the poster based on true. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's always, it's always a good sign for your religion where you have to scare people into going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, get ready. Get ready for mine. I, I want to see that new one with um, Russell Crowe as well. I've got some weird. Oh, sort of... yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's out now, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And the Vatican have told us not to go and watch it. Well, that's a good, <laughs> uh, good enough reason to go, then, isn't it? Yeah, I read The Exorcist when I was about 13, I think. In a chunky book as well. It's reasonably, it's reasonably chunky, yeah. Um, absolutely fucking shat myself. Have you seen the sequels to The Exorcist? When they're in, they're, they're in like, um, they're in like Iraq and they're under, uh, they're digging up the uh, Pazuzu statue and people are getting. I might because that's what the demons called. It's not the devil. It's Pazuzu. That's right. Yeah. That well, that de- that devil in particular is one that haunts Ouija boards supposedly. If if yes, you're into that so. kind of thing, it's it's a naughty, it's a naughty devil. Naughty devil, yeah. It's a naughty bugger. But yeah, when a, a true classic and uh, of the horror genre, The Exorcist, and probably one that was had people running from the theaters at the time. I used it came to, out. Um, I used to, I used to, I've, I've, I've probably seen The Exorcist about forty times because I used to use it when I used to start seeing young lasses, especially goth girls, and go, "Have you seen The Exorcist? No, come and watch it at my house." <laughs> and you know, you know, you know what I mean. I'm putting oh, a scary yeah. film on, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you got to yeah. comfort you, them. You, you, You'd you'd have got into it, you know what I mean? Like, I'd have fallen for that one, yeah, absolutely. You would have done. You would have done. <laughs> can, can, can you just say when I started seeing lasses, not started seeing young lasses? That makes you sound really fucking nonsense. <laughs> I I was a young boy at the time. <laughs> you got your fucking child catcher van outside. Dog that catcher van. Girl, have you seen The Exorcist? I was also a little boy at the time. <laughs> if that helps. The power of oodles compels you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't my age now doing it then. I'm not I know, a time but lord. just need to clarify that. <laughs> I think people can assume I'm not on any register, I promise. Because they've never caught me. <laughs> Joking. Right, speaking of uh, nonsery, I'm going straight oh, no, to the Vatican. That's not the start of a sentence. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going straight to the Vatican. Right, this film, this recent film, and that's my favourite religious film that's not about religion uh, The Two Popes directed by film. Fernando Marielles um, Fernando Marielles' biographical drama takes viewers behind the walls of the Vatican telling the story of how Pope Benedict and Pope Francis had to come together to create a new vision for the modern Catholic Church now it's not as verbose and serious as that little blurb makes out this is quite a funny film. Yeah, it's also it's also quite gentle as well. It's gentle, yeah. So it is it is based on real events that happened that took place. So John Paul II died. Guess what? He died in our world as well. And and then the Spanish radical lefty Cardinal Jorge Mario Bajolio, aka our current Pope Francis, uh, and the conservative German Cardinal. Joseph Ratzinger, a.k.a. Pope Benedict XVI, the last pope. Now, disclaimer, I am not a Catholic by any stretch of the imagination, nor am I a Christian. But 
this film is so fascinating because it's not about being Catholic at all. It's not about, even though there are two popes in it, it's not about being a pope. It's about being a man and a man that's been given something that they've not particularly chosen. I mean, like Pope Benedict Ratzinger in real life, he did kind of publicly say he did want to be pope and he was voted in and he relished it and he was very conservative. Didn't like the gays, didn't like contraceptive. You know what I mean? This is, is it 2003, I think, when he was? I, don't, I can't remember. No, it was later than that. Yeah, well, well, when it when it when it happened anyway, and he was he was there till about 2013, something like I can't remember. But he ultimately retired, which first time that's happened in 600 years. A pope retired because he's supposed to he's supposed to die as a pope, and he retired. And the reason he'd not retired prior is because he thought if I retire, oh God, Jorge Bogolio is going to become pope. They're going to vote him in because he was the second candidate. He nearly got voted in, and he didn't want that. So what does he do? He invites him to speak to him and spend a weekend with him and get to know him, and they are the complete polar opposites. So um, Pope Francis, before Pope Francis, uh, Jorge will call him, he was Argentinian, and he grew up when the Argentinian troubles were happening, um, fascist regimes, uh, Marxism, all that happening, and he... He was a bit of a uh, outcast in his in his clergy. Um, he was a Jesuit as well, which is like their part of Catholicism that believe in God being lovable. Because most Catholics fear God; <laughs> they've scared the fuck of them. But he was more of like a bit of a spiritual, more more forgiving. But he didn't help with the troubles. He hid because he knew he was going to die, and because of that. They kind of didn't like him, so he had to build himself back up as a man of the people. Very religious in Buenos Aires at the time. And he, he rose to uh, Cardinal and stuff like that. And he didn't do it because he wanted the power. He was always a, a humble man that just believed in God. Yeah. Now, now Joseph Ratzinger. Oh, oh, big old German Joseph Ratzinger. Oh, he wanted I, to be boob. He fucking wanted it. Like they used to back in the Renaissance. He wanted to be Pope. Like he when he when he was um, announced, he was on the fucking balcony going, Yes! <laughs> fucking Pope! Absolutely having a whale of a time. And he well, was super. As much as what, a sorry? 70 year old could do. <laughs> yeah, they're all old. <laughs> they're all old as fuck. Now he's, he's, he's young played, poop. He's played fantastically by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Like yeah. ah, phenomenally. And it's, but I mean, but I mean, both of them are not really good. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Price is so good. It, it's also weird because Jonathan Price went like filmed that straight after playing the High Septum. Yeah, which is the opposite <laughs> of what his character kind of is. But, the, but it's, um, it's all those quiet scenes of them having a conversation with oh each other. God. It's it's like one of those it's it's those films you love. Who It's a talky film where not much happens. It's nothing but happens the, really. Does the it? talk the talky sections are so well done, and it's got some beautiful flashbacks to them that their early life. And the troubles in Argentina that barely get spoken about because people think of Argentina and they think of cheap games, Nazis, and the war that we had against them. People forget that. And one of our royalty losing the ability to sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had massive troubles over there. They had massive political strife and stuff. So many priests from different faiths were just shot dead. They were shot dead for being priests because they had too much influence. 
and it was they were speaking out against political powers and stuff like that. And our well, I keep saying our, it's not my pope, but the current pope now, Pope Francis, lived through that and and came out the other side, and he is now pope. And it's just a massive, it, it's just a fantastic humanization of two men, like in in a, in an establishment at the height of power. One of them genuinely loving it, and one of them don't doesn't want it, but the other one wants him to do it now because it kind of becomes they become best friends, don't they? Which happened in real life. Yeah, they lo- he loves him. They love each other. They, fan- they think they're fantastic. And there's some just loads of beautiful scenes where they both um, they both what confess on each other, don't they? And Ratzinger starts saying, "Yeah, I know about all them priests with." The horrible stuff where they did to children, and I did nothing about it. And this is this is documented, well documented. And he gets, he gets. What do they call it? Absolution? Is that what they call it? I don't know what the fucking Christians call it. You get forgiven. Forgiven. That's the word. <laughs> but, but obviously he didn't do anything. But he was ignorance is just as bad, isn't it? Sometimes ignoring the problems nowhere near as good. And the other way around as well. Um, Pope Francis gets forgiven for being not doing anything in Argentina when people needed him, etc., etc. And this is also some pro- proper beautiful human moments where they're, they're stuck in St. Paul's Cathedral because there's loads of tours, uh, tours happening and they can't get out of the closet, can they? They've got to stay in the closet and wait while the tour's gone. So they order pizza. <laughs> and because they're in Italy, you're gonna, aren't you? I mean, if you're in Italy, the other people start talking about life. And obviously, I, I don't want to spoil the film, but yeah, Pope Francis becomes Pope, and they watch football, they watch World Cup together, don't they? They do, which <laughs> they is a, a really weird scene. <laughs> they have a beer and watch World Cup, and it's when Germany versus Argentina in 2004 World Cup, yeah. and Germany beat Argentina, and 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 uh, Pope Benedict. Doesn't really like football, but he loves it because Germany's won, and it's just, it's just such a such a real moment between two people like that you wouldn't expect. And this is all like document. This is this happened. The film does it in different orders. Yeah, like I've I've I've, I've looked into it. They didn't actually meet until Pope Francis became Pope. Blah blah blah. But the events still happened, and it's just it's a proper religious film that's not about religion in a really good way. And what's the yeah. um, Vatican's take on the movie? Was it? Uh, they can't deny it because they, they, it, 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 it's because <clears throat> nowadays everything's quite transparent. That, that's of. how the ship. That's how the ship with the Opus Dei turned up, where people realise there's a secret military police in the Vatican and stuff like that. But it's it's not like the Patriot Act in America, where all government files eventually get released to public. But it's documented to where they ain't got a choice. People just know because we, we live in a technological age where popes have got phones now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> also, it was a particularly unusual thing because you don't tend to have two popes living at the same time. Exactly. That's, it's, like a, it's, and, it's, it's a job till the death, you know. Yeah, because Pope Benedict, when he retired, a, he became em, emeritus, em, uh, Papa Emeritus. He became that, the, the yeah. ever long. And he was still his holiness, but he wasn't in power. Yeah, he's only like the second ever pope or something to resign. It's, yeah, second. Something like that. Second. It was 600 years in between. So he, he retired to like a country, still wearing his pope stuff, but not the pope. It's, it's, oh, you're never, never going to really give weird. back the pope hat, are you? No. No, you're going to keep the pope hat. It's the finest yeah, and pope pyjamas. Yeah. And pope, and pope Francis 
to this day, apparently, he's still a man of the people. I don't, I don't, again, I don't really, I'm not a religious guy, but I believe his intentions are pure and he's, 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 he's obsessed with looking after poor. He goes, he, he's one of the only Pope, I think he's the first ever South American Pope or any Western, uh, that, that far off Pope, Pope from the Americas ever. Probably the last as well. No idea. I did. I, I did find it funny when the when like the Americans were kicking off about the COVID vaccine. Be oh, God will protect me, and then you've got the Pope going, "No, take the fucking I've, vaccines, yeah. mate." Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently, he's quite. He's quite. God gave us doctors pope. who made vaccines. Yeah. Take the fucking it's, vaccine. It's quite a progressive pope. Like he's obsessed with football, and he's always eating pizza. And he he's never been because when you get a pope, you imagine do, you get really good pizza in the Vatican. Oh, gets, yeah, of course you do. I've and eaten like, uh, pizza in Rome outside the Vatican. It's delicious. Yeah. Famously, when a Pope comes out to the balcony, he's got all his regalia on and stuff like that and he's waving to people. Pope Francis has come out in his gown and went, let's have a prayer for the last Pope. And he had a prayer for his, for his friend, you know what I mean? The yeah. retired Pope. Likes, and he, he never wears all the gold chains and stuff. He's not like, he's not the Renaissance Pope. He's like just a, just a guy. Probably got his Crocs on underneath. <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. In that film, he wouldn't wear the Pope shoes, would he? He wouldn't do it. I know, yeah. And he had, he had Adidas Sambas on on one bit, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> that's the boy! They've got all the football uh, fan. They've got the bodies of the previous Popes there, haven't they, at the Vatican? As yeah, well. yeah. But I, I think I think Pope Benedict did die, didn't they, in like 2015 or something like that. I think, I think Ratzinger died. But... Yeah, it's just it's just a fascinating tale about two men in just in unbelievable because you you don't technically you can't choose to be pope. You get voted in once you're a cardinal, and he he, he died on New Year's Eve last year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But it's just it's just it's just a mad film that's real, <laughs> and it's about religion, but it's not about religion at all. I think it's fascinating, and as a man that's I know nothing really about Catholicism at all, and it's just fascinating how they both believed in the same deity, but they both had completely different opinions on that deity as well. It's fascinating. Like one of them's like, "Why can't a man love another man?" and one of them's like, "Why would a man love another man?" That kind of thing. It's just fascinating. But then two, through that, two very important questions from different sides of the spectrum. There, exactly, exactly, and 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 they just become pals. <laughs> It's a lovely little relationship. I'm like, oh, it's quite cute. They're, they're just old blokes because neither of them can walk fast. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. And again, two actors in their absolute fucking prime. It's fantastic. They're, they're Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins in this are fucking sensational. If you've not watched it, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix film. Yeah. And I think it's the, the most awards for a Netflix film, I believe. Yeah. It's also really impressive that they managed to find two actors who were so good who kind of look like both those popes. They do look like them. <laughs> they do look like them. And, for, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, non-English. But the thing you've got to remember is one's German, one's one speaks Spanish. So they do actually communicate in English. And there's, there's, and a, bit, there's a line that... And Latin. And there's a line that I love. And it's like, he, he goes, do you like it in, uh, in the Vatican? And then he's like, oh, it's so exhausting speaking English all the time. It's doing my head in. I <laughs> just don't want to do it, but... That's part of the job, isn't it? I, I, I just think it's a, it's a lovely film. It's it's modern and it's a great take on it. And it's warts and all, really. Just to do get into that sticky stuff that happened in the early noughties, late 90s that they tried to hide under carpet. 
it's just it's fascinating. I, I, the fact I can probably don't like it, but then again, it's out there. I, I recommend you should watch. And again, it's it's a comedy, but not a funny. It's not a funny film. It's a comedy because just I don't know. It's hard to explain, isn't it, gadget? It's charmingly funny the way they talk to each other. Like it's not a, it's yeah. not a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. It happens. But yeah, two popes. It's on Netflix. Get it watched. Gadget. Uh, so I was going to talk about The Wolf of Wall Street, but a certain man in the north of France <laughs> fucked me on that one. Thanks for that, Biggie. So uh, I've had to very rapidly find another one, which is why I wasn't paying attention through most of that. Trying to it's, good job I, it's good job I like that film so I can talk about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, but I want to talk about... Um, well, actually, the quick shout-out to The Big Short, which is a really good financial crime film. Really good. Really and, good. And a fantastic cast with like Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell... Uh, Ryan they made Gosling. Brad Pitt not good looking. Yeah, all playing against type, which really worked yeah. for me. Very good. Film. Steve Carell's really good in it as well. Oh yeah, he's very good when he's not doing comedy. Actually, he's a very good dramatic actor. Like Foxcatcher was great. Oh, Foxcatcher, get that watched. Um, but no, I want to talk about the Imitation Game. Mm. Alan Turing is that one? That one? Yep, yep, that's Alan Turing's oh, one. So the, yeah. this is a film that was really overshadowed by the other big uh, biopic of that year, which was The Theory of Everything, which I thought was a load which- of fucking bollocks. I hated it. I actively didn't like that film. I'm not an Eddie Redmayne fan. I didn't mind Eddie Redmayne. I just thought it was just fucking schmaltzy. That like Stephen Hawking was so much more than what that film gave him credit for. But uh, yeah, I thought that, I thought out of the two big Oscar bait films that were biopics of historical characters from the middle of the century, um, I thought The Imitation Game was the better film. So this is Benedict Cumberbatch playing yes Alan Turing, um, yeah. going over the time he had a Bletchley Park. Cracking the Enigma device. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating process. So, for, I mean, for those who, who aren't up on their World War II history, the Germans had the Enigma device, so all of their transmissions were coded. And quite early on in the war, the Allies captured one. Um, not the Americans, as U571 implied. No, <laughs> no it yeah, was not us. Still with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but quite early on, it was captured one. But there are so many... There were so many permutations as to the cryptography of this device. That's why they were winning, though, that the Axis power were winning, because everything was encrypted. Yeah. There was no way for us to decode the messages fast enough to intercept them. Yes. We'd receive messages and then decrypt them like six days later. So it kind of doesn't help. help When the Luftwaffe are on your head. Yeah, it kind of doesn't help (laughs) when it's like troop deployment things for a specific battle. Yeah. So the imitation game is all about Alan Turing and his team at Bletchley Park basically creating the first computer to work this it's out. Com- it's like an analog computer, isn't it? No, it's not like it. It is it. That's what it was. Yeah. It was it was a clockwork co- computer. <laughs> yeah. It was cogs and gears. It was, the thing was fucking massive. It took over like half of Bletchley Park just to run the damn thing. Wasn't it like historically dead warm as well in room? Roasting in real hot. Yeah. Yeah. We had that much electricity running through there and that many kind of diodes and valves and tubes yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it was. Hor- it would have been horrendously hot in that room. Isn't it mad when you think about it and you look at your phone and it's way more <laughs> powerful than Bletchley Park? <laughs> By an orders of magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine telling Alan Turing about a gigaflop or a teraflop or whatever. A teraflop, <laughs> like, yeah. A what? A what? I mean, our phones are more powerful than the computers that sent NASA to the moon. 
A Casio, yeah, exactly. a Casio digital watch is more powerful than those computers. Yeah. And upgradable hard drives. <laughs> I mean, that was a thing that Turing had. He could upgrade the storage. It just wasn't yes. <laughs> That's how old that technology is, gadget, uh, Biggie. <laughs> he fucking had it back then in the 40s. <laughs> so uh, the machine was called Bomb. Yeah. Bomber. I can't remember whether it was Bomber. Bomber. Um, it was an electromechanical device used to decipher the Enigma machines. Uh, it were absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely massive. Um, and yeah, so the film details kind of his development of this, working through the initial maths, putting the team together. And it also goes into a little bit of his personal life and the fact that he, he was gay and he had to hide it. It was illegal. Um, and he, it was very, very illegal. Uh, and he kind of has this close friendship with Kira Knightley's character, who's Joan Clark. Who oh, she loved him, didn't she? He's kind of she's she knew, and she was effectively his beard, for lack of a better yeah. term. She like was kept close to him, but she, you know there was no romantic feelings because he was into he, he was into guys. Um, and ultimately, what I quite like, they, they had the computer program uh, basically there to decrypt them. They just. But because of the way the Enigma machine worked, they needed the cipher to work it out. But it could they going to do it quickly? And do you know how they worked it out? And then was one the um, a mistake? It was by accident. It w- it was by accident. But basically, the um, they worked. They, they kind of realized the pattern that every Nazi order. Yep. Ended with Heil Hitler. Yes, that was it. Yeah, because they're, they're so, hubris again. <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah, so it, it was the kind of Nazi formality hubris. So once they cracked that, then they could da, 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 they, can, you know, they, they can, could use the Heil, the Heil yeah. Hitler at the end to then work out the cryptography of the rest of it. And quick as you like, they were working them out. And it's and guess what quite heartbreaking, we were. <laughs> <coughs> it's quite heartbreaking when they first work it out because they get a message where one of the main character, one of the kind of the side characters' brother is is on a ship that's going to be attacked. Yes. They can't tell anybody because they can't let the Nazis know that, that they know worked this out because they would just stop, they would use something else instead. And it was it was like a, lo- um, a low stakes attack to in the grand scheme of things, wasn't it? So they had to sacrifice mm. them. Yeah, and it's a really well done film. It's not a hundred percent historically accurate. There's a, quite a few things dramatized or. Turned around or twisted around, but Alan Turing is a really interesting person and was a really interesting character, and he was fucked over by the establishment because after the war, it came out that he was gay and he was incarcerated. prosecuted and chem- chemically castrated That's it. and he died. Oh, yeah, they chemically castrated him, yeah. Because he was gay and that was illegal and it was an awful time to be a gay person. They couldn't lock him up because well, he sa- helped save the war, but they had to take his gonads yeah. off. Basically, yeah. yeah. Like they didn't couldn't have the optics to put him in prison. Did he die from could... comic uh, complications from that? Is that what actually killed him? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. that. God, it's... that's horrific. Oh, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Yeah, the real story is fucking disgusting. And then they had to like, um, f- still to this day, his, his descendants are getting like compensation by government. Yeah. It's what they did to him, and he's not got many descendants because he was gay. Mm. So he's, he's like close family and stuff like that. It's just it's disgusting. Oh, like you know, one of the he, most he, important he, people yeah. ever. He took he, he took his own life. He was forty one years old. Oh, he, did he kill he, himself? And he uh, he took cyanide. Oh, wow. God. Yeah. Though, like, literally, without him, we'd all be singing Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber, Alice. You know what I mean? We'd all be singing that right now. Not that that's a problem nowadays. But 
It's just it's fascinating. It, it was an important film, even though it's not 100% accurate, to basically show, to, to remind the world of a great man who, without him, we wouldn't have computers or we wouldn't yeah. have had them in the format that we get them. The war would have probably dragged on a lot longer, no matter which way it ended up going by the end. And he contributed so much to society and was ultimately destroyed by his own government for it. Um, martyred, and like, it, it wasn't martyred. He was he, he was martyred, but yeah, it was basically he died in nineteen fifty something, nineteen fifty two. Fucking hell, that's not fucking no, ne- ne- that far off. Yeah, nineteen fifty four. He died in nineteen fifty four, and it wasn't until the last ten years that he was actually honoured by be- his face is on a banknote now. Yes, a new fifty pound yes. note. Yeah, and then uh, again, I remember people complaining that it was a gay man on a banknote. Yeah. And then people remember that uh, we've had some people on those banknotes that probably were gay anyway. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if it wasn't the last 10 years, it was 2021 uh, that he was put on the new 50 pound. No, the Queen was gay. No, definitely not her. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really sad that it's taken 60, 70 years for him to be kind of honoured openly so, so when he did so much for. When he Not should have been knighted, he should have been lauded above all. Yeah, they apologised and all that. Like he was saying, honoured him, but it was just he was too late. Too late. He was he was given an OBE. Yeah, OBE. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he should have he, he should have been given a knighthood. He should have been given everything for the work that he put in and the sacrifices that he put in to to help with the war effort. And this is not me getting kind of jingoistic about World War Two, like or anything like he that. He saved this lives, is, mate. He did save lives, and he created technology that stands to this day. Exactly. So one of the most important Britons of all time. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a, it's a really sad story, but it's a really good film, and Benedict Cumberbatch plays film. him so well. I think that's his best role. Definitely, it's definitely up there. Mm, that's really fascinating. I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew, I knew about his role in the war, but nothing sort of after that. I'm I'm shocked. He is a he oh, yeah. was, he was a really interesting man. Mm. Um, yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember about 10 years ago they put a statue up of him somewhere and he got defaced by people you, the, the graffiti it was slurs and stuff still 10 years ago like, like, like this paragraph on his, this paragraph on his Wikipedia is, is ridiculous Turing was prosecuted, prosecuted in 1952 for homosexual acts he accepted hormone treatment a procedure commonly referred to as chemical castration as an alternative to prison <clears throat> Turing died on the 7th of June 1954, 16 days before his 42nd birthday from cyanide poisoning, which was Shocking. determined to be a suicide. Follow a, following a public campaign in 2009, British Prime, so Minister, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown made an official public apology on behalf of the British government for the appalling way Turing was treated. Queen Elizabeth II, too little too late. Queen Elizabeth II granted a posthumous pardon in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> mad, isn't it? The term, we forgive you. The term Alan Turing Law is now used informally to, to refer to a yeah. 2017 law in the United Kingdom that retroactively pardoned men cautioned or convicted under historical legislation that outlawed homosexual acts. Like, that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. The man was yeah. fucked over in the most horrible way and treated like a criminal, and it's so sad. It's, it's when, it, you, when you, you make the ultimate sacrifice for society, but society doesn't make it back. Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't recompensate what you've put to, for them. It's basically, because you know, they don't people, like it. Yeah, and people say, you know, why do we need pride in everything? It's that, it, it's that's these, why we need it. That's why we need it. These things are happening in living memory. Yep. You yeah. know, 
it's unbelievable. It's disgusting, yeah. isn't it? It's mm. disgusting. And so, in grand scheme of things, this is modern times. I know it's 1940s, but it's modern times. Yeah. It's 70 years ago. Yeah. yeah, this is people's granddads were, were alive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking mental when I you would, think about it. But yeah, it's I a would, great film. I would really recommend if, if if people haven't seen it, just uh, see the Imitation Game. It's a real tour de force from uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. It's also got Kira Knightley, Matthew Good, Rory Kinnear, Charles Dance, and Mark Strong in it. Yeah, yeah. Who directed yeah, it? Uh, it was directed by Morton Tildum. Tildum. Oh, He's a no- Norwegian oh, director who did Headhunters. Headhunters oh, is good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. In, in, interestingly enough, uh, I was also reading on the Wikipedia, the, the score for the film was done by Alexandre Deplat, who yeah. um, it was nominated for an Oscar, which, which he ended up losing to himself for his score for the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> which is a great... <laughs> that's a great score, let's be fair. Let's be fair. That's a fucking great score. His odds are up there if he's got two films in that for one year. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, the Imitation Game. Very Watch good it. film. It's an important film, I think. Yeah. Mm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Do we have any feedback? We do, we do. Uh, last week's guest, Rob Jones. Oh, last week's yep. guest, the other week's guest, Rob Jones, has put in, uh, for anyone who like, gets that wanderlust just to pack up and disappear into the wild places, into the wild. Yeah. Which I think Alexander is that, Super Tramp. I think is that, that Reese Witherspoon one. No, Into the Wild, oh. it's Emil Hirsch. Oh, yes, that one. Sorry, no, I'm thinking of Wild. He dies in Alaska. Yeah, Mr. Supertramp, that was his name. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, he, he gave himself that name, and then uh, he was a he was a billionaire son or something like that, and he thought, "Fuck it, I'm going into the wild." It's a great film, great book. <laughs> uh, mm. Super Super Natty Cat has said, in a rather unhinged way, "Cocaine Bear." <laughs> Did you know mm-hmm. that the real life Cocaine Bear is stuffed and on display in a mall in Kentucky, and you can get married by it? I didn't. And then he not died know that. instantly. I think it died instantly when it, it. In- ingested all that cocaine. Yeah, it didn't go on a 90-minute killing no. spree. <laughs> not like the birds. Hunting down teens. <laughs> <laughs> I've still not seen that film. I know that I'm a bit, I'm a bit reluctant. It's supposed to, to be it. shite. St- yeah, Stig thought yeah. it was shite. Yeah, I'm looking I trusted- forward to Ketamine Koala. <laughs> Ketamine Koala's supposed to be good. <laughs> well, that's, that's what they call oodles on a bank holiday. <laughs> Used to do. Used to do, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> Stuck in them K-holes. <laughs> uh, Laurie Luna has said, for me, a personal favourite is The Dig, based on the real events of the discovery yes. of the large Anglo-Saxon burial at Sutton Hoo. I particularly like the addendum, which highlights the fact that Basil Brown wasn't credited for the find until many decades later, as the British yep. Museum left his name off the exhibit, despite him being the one to find the site and start the preliminary excavations of it. The film isn't a completely accurate telling, but it's a stunning film nevertheless. It is, I agree. It's fantastic. Get that watched. Uh, Lee Davis has said, tough one, this. Lots to choose from. I'll go ahead and say Dunkirk. Yeah, it's pretty fucking accurate. But it's pretty close between that Schindler's List and Goodfellas. Mm. They're all good. They're all good. And they're all... I mean, Schindler's List is very important. You should all watch that. Yeah. But once, it's a film you only need to see once. Mm. Yeah, I keep saying it's not a casual Sunday afternoon film with the family, is it? No, no, nope. but it's very, very, very important. Shindler's List is on par with like Imitation Game, where it's an important time in history that needs to be addressed massively. Trust yes. me. If you've not seen Shindler's List, don't even just think, oh, I'm going to watch a nice Spielberg epic. It's past that. It's beyond that. It's, mm. it's, um, Hollywood didn't want him to do it, but he did it. 
and it's it needs it. You need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And Dunkirk again. Dunkirk's fascinating. I think it's Goodfellas. Dunkirk for me is like one of Chris Nolan's weaker films, but it's still very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there's not much dialogue in that film. No, it doesn't need to be. I think Tom Hardy's in it. He doesn't speak once, does he? Is is Tom Hardy even in it? Yeah, he's, he's a pilot, one of the one of the Luftwaffe pilots. Ooh, didn't know that. And he, he doesn't speak once. I think it's I think that's Tom Hardy. I'm probably wrong, but he does. He like he likes a bit of Tom Hardy, doesn't he? He does like a bit of Tom Hardy. Um, moving on, Nimrod Hicks has said, "Dear Mexican entrance, I would like to draw your attention oh. to a great little movie called McFarland USA. This is oh. not the sort of movie to blow your mind or change your life, but it is a great recommendation for a Sunday afternoon watch. You know, once you're done with Schindler's List." Uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner plays teacher Jim White, who moves his young family to a poor U.S. town in California and takes up a job coaching at the local school. The movie, Have you seen this? The movie describes his family's struggles to fit into the culture of the town and their eventual acceptance as he coaches a group of young Mexican lads to attempt to win the state championship. Yes! Yes, I have seen it. This movie is a classic no-frills, nuts-and-bolts telling of a great tale, and if the end scene mm. of the real-life reveal of what happened to the participants doesn't warm your heart, then you're dead inside. Oh, I think I've seen this years ago. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. I've, I'm trying to, yeah, I think I definitely have. Yeah. Oh, if not, I'm going to watch it again. And last up, we have Best Boy Angry Kurt. Said, I think many racing fans would say that Senna is one of the best films based on real events. Fantastic film. But after having watched it, I would say that would probably only be interesting if you're a fan, and that even then a fan of old racing at the time. However, both the films Rush and Ford vs. Ferrari are great films that anyone can enjoy. They may be based on real events, but it's told in a way that a good boxing film is told. For example, I have no interest in boxing, but I love a good boxing film. This brings me yeah. onto the. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> it's not based on real things. <clears throat> this brings me on to another sports film in Foxcatcher. It features yes. amazing performances from everyone involved, even if the material is quite a difficult watch. And finally, I don't know how accurate they are, but I really enjoyed the Steve Jobs film, the good one with Michael Fassbender. <laughs> which went through three of the Apple product launches, and also The Social Network, which is another great film from David Fincher. Social Network is yeah. good. Good soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it Thingy? Trent Reznor? Mm-hmm. And, he knows um, how to make a soundtrack, doesn't he? Yeah, is it him and Atticus? Uh, Atticus. Yes, yeah, so it's basically Atticus. just Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, he's wrong about Senna, though. I'm not a big... I don't watch racing, but I think that film's phenomenal. And I think the other racing films he's mentioned has got Ford versus Ferrari is fantastic. Yeah, I like Senna's, Ford versus Ferrari. Senna's, Senna's fucking incredible. Love that. Excellent. Is that everyone? Yeah, that's everyone. Thanks for your feedback, guys. Thanks for your feedback. So before I get on to the rest, we need to have a little bit of a discussion for the future of this podcast, don't we? Oh, I'm you not do. getting fired, am I? No. Uh, no, this is the last ever episode of... No, it's not. <laughs> so we've been chatting amongst ourselves, and we're a bit... Um, what we're going to do... So first things first, Gadget set up a lovely little... Um, uh, what do, what's the word? Survey. Survey. Survey for you all to fill in, if you please would. If you're listening to this, just help us out with this survey. We need this survey. But we're also trialling a new format, in a way. Nothing major changing you're still going to get the same and especially patrons you're you're not really going to get affected by this at all but we're changing how we do our monthly format so 
how I'll explain it, and again, it's not permanent unless it sticks, and if it works, it works. <laughs> One week, we're going to do a full episode on the Nexus. The week after, we're going to do a full episode on a topic. The week after that, a full episode on the Nexus and rinse and repeat. The reason we're doing this is because these podcasts are getting too long. They really are. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm really tired. I need time off. A three-hour podcast is not viable anymore. Not in this day and age. No one's stuck in the house anymore. We need to adapt. We need to change. So we're going to trial this for a while. If you don't like it, let us know. If you do like it, again, you're still going to get the news every week from Biggie's Breaking News, but we're going to have Nexus weeks, and then we're going to have Topic Weeks. It gives you guys more time to send us feedback as well on a topic you're going to get more advanced notice on what we will be discussing. It's going to be a bit more interactive that way. I personally think it's going to work. It's Modern Escapism 3.0. We've we've changed quite a few times. And this is, for now, we're going to try it. We're going to trial it out. If you don't like it, let us know. But again, please help us with that survey because it makes us create a better product for you. Yeah, it's only seven or eight questions as well. And no personal yeah. details, super quick. Just, just, yeah. Asking your feedback on what we're doing and what what you think we could do better or what we you like. Yeah, so this this new format's yeah. probably going to start next month. Uh, again, we're still going to have as monthly like uh, themes, but it's going to be two features a month, two nexus a month, depending if if it's five five week month, you'll get more. You, you know how time works. I don't. You guys do. <laughs> it's still going to be the same content. Podcast. Let us know. No, I'm not doing it. I'm, not, I'm just not doing it anymore. <laughs> we can't do this. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. But yes, that's the future of this show for the foreseeable. Let us know as listeners, dear listeners, if you like what we're going to be doing. And if you do start listening to it, let us know straight away. <sighs> Next week, it is our patrons' choice episode. Um, we, Again, if you're patrons... And if Stig decides to do it on time this time, yeah, you will be able to, you'll be able to vote on what you want us to do. Again, it's the last week of uh, uh, nonfiction, so we, we put loads of things in a hat. You guys vote on it. But if you want to let us know how we're doing, again, all our details are in the show notes. You can find us at modernescapism.co.uk for all our other extracurricular activities. And if you're not a patron, this is the end of the line for you. It's time to be cowgunned. For the patrons, we will see you in the green room in a second. Bye! Bye! I think people. There's your Easter egg. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that.